Warning, the podcast you are about to listen to is explicit. We are here to talk about our lives, the great times, the messy times, but let's be honest, we learn from those messy times. Content may be triggering as we explore together our lives, spirituality, trauma, recovery, and growth. Welcome to Stumbling Through Enlightenment. I'm Jason. And I'm Edward. Every day we are working through our shit. And today we invite you to work through some of yours with us. Let me give you a quick rundown on what we're going to do in today's episode. The first part of the episode is where Ed and I talk about what's going on in our day-to-day lives and where you'll be able to hear how we support each other's growth. During the second portion, Ed and I will have a deep dive discussion topic ranging from self-awareness, metaphysics, mental health, personal discovery, and much more. So hey Jason, how's your uh, how's your week been? It's been good. It's been good. I uh, I've been delving into the video stuff a little bit more. Ooh. Yeah. So I got to this point with it where I was feeling kind of frozen. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I had the reality that the the mask for the world to see was very solid and yep. very good and from my adult place if i looked objectively i would not know yeah i wouldn't i would not have known yeah if i looked objectively um so I've been struggling with that rationale, that awareness at the same time as struggling with an anger around that, yeah. you know, a real, and more of a frustration than an anger, you know, like I'm not, it, it's just an uncomfortable anger. So I guess I see that more of like a frustration, you yeah. know, it's not anything that I feel like I could even yell about you know what i mean but it it's it's there underneath rumbling so i went and saw my therapist Mm -hmm. um and we were talking about it and she was able to really help me um see that it was all about you know that that allowing of joy yeah allowing of of um that serenity that can come from looking at this and saying, okay, this is probably why, but I still had that experience. Do you know what I mean? So this is the, my, um, I can see easier now both that it was easy for everyone to not have noticed. Right. And it was difficult for me to have not had people notice. Right. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. So that was nice. And then she does this amazing energy therapy thing. In the end, it comes out to the same exact thing that it always comes out to and for you yeah yeah for me so this this book goes through this process and you know it's like a question answer type thing Mm -hmm. so we got to the end you know statement and it was that statement that always comes up for me you know and that statement is it's okay for me to feel the love for myself that I should have deserved. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what it comes down to oftentimes is like, it's okay for me to be where I am now as opposed to the kid that thought he deserved to be where he was. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So that's been, that's been the work that I've been doing over the last week. You know, I, I've noticed that for me, there's, I mean, it's this process when we're doing this, you know, so like, 
you go back to the space and you go, I didn't deserve this as a child. Um, because as a child, I know that like for me, I thought that I did deserve it where I was doing, you know, what am yeah. I doing wrong? And then it is it's the acceptance that you didn't deserve it as a child. And that's a huge breakthrough. That's a huge step. And then being able to, um, as my therapist would call it, just let that be something that happened to you and yeah. offering yourself the love of and understanding that you did not deserve that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then when good things come into your life now, you know, learning and accepting that you deserve that, you know, that that is what you need to, to, to be receiving that. That's what's what you deserve in life. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's, it was just the, the dichotomy of those things that yeah. I was really struggling with. Well, I know a few weeks ago when you were talking about, and I was just listening to it again, um, talking about starting this experience, that that was something that I asked you. I said, did you ever have that piece where, and I don't remember if I asked you on mic or off mic, but, you know, if you ever had that piece where you really wondered why no one noticed, yeah, you know, and you had said that that didn't happen until way later in your life. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it didn't. Um, it, it didn't happen until I was about 16. Yeah. 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 That's incredible. It's it's good, good progress. Yeah, yeah, I feel good about it. I feel like it's opened up a whole nother sort of can of worms around other stuff. <laughs> right, because <laughs> um, right. it's never just one thing and right. done, you know. Right, but I I definitely feel like it, it kind of has summed up, you know, a lot of just that that's really what was left with a lot of my father work. It was just, you know, why wasn't it seen? Yeah. Um, and this has helped for yeah. sure. Ultimately, this has helped. Do you yeah. feel freer? Do you feel a little more? Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, after after working on that frustration, mm -hmm. you know, I definitely feel feel like I've released something for sure. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's been a good shift. Now, have you gone back and and looked at any videos since that breakthrough? There really aren't a lot to look at. Okay. Um, I'd have to rewatch something that I've already watched, and I don't really want to do that. Okay. I don't have a desire to do that. Right. And honestly, several of them broke. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's like the universe saying, you know. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. I was telling my wife, there was one of them where I think it was the year... I think it was like the Christmas after my grandfather died mm -hmm. and my grandmother was just, you know, kind of just not in a good space, obviously. Yeah. But she was putting on her show because that's what she did. You know, she was a good old Irish Catholic woman who was good <laughs> every day, no matter what. Right. You Fair enough. I, mean? <laughs> I do. Um, so, yeah, she she uh, she was there and she was humming kind of singing under her breath a song that i play all the time and i tell i've told them that you know it's because she would sing it and it reminded me of her yeah um so i had a video of her doing that oh cool so it broke oh no <laughs> yeah yeah so that was that was a little bit of a bummer. That was, it was one of the hardest videos out of them all. It was the one that I filmed myself. And it, it so it was the hardest video out of them all. So, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's sad, but I mean, talk about a very real way to say that you've moved on from it or that you're, you're, you know, you've let go of that yeah. one piece that was necessary or identified it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, every single one of them, uh, you know, when I rewound them mm -hmm. at the end, just kept going. You know, the tape just snapped right off. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So they, they, none of them have survived? Uh, one <clears throat> of them. That, well, I have one of them. So. Right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's, I mean, you know, it's, right. it, that's kind of cool. Yeah, uh, and so much for VHSs anymore. Right. So um, I can return that to my friend with a working cable because right? I <laughs> paid 40 something dollars for a Holy stupid. Holy shit. 
Well, I told you they're you, like they're like <clears throat> the cables. There's three of them, right? And they're all together like they would normally be with the RCA, but they're each double the size of a cable right. cord. But like I didn't realize they were so TV expensive. Oh yeah, holy yeah. crap! I mean, well, I re- and it's like twelve feet long. Yeah, well, that's true too. You know what I mean? Like it's this ridiculous cord, and it was the only one they had. None of the stores had RCA cords. Yeah, no. I mean, where, where is what was it? Radio Shack or the, I don't oh, know. My God, Radio Shack! You're dating yourself, that's right? Well, then that's what I'm saying. They went out know? of business in two thousand, right? You know, but that's like you know they used to have all of those things, you know, yeah. and. And they're gone now, so, you know. Yeah, no, I had to go to Best Buy to find this. Wow. And that's probably why it was more expensive, too. Probably, yeah. Yeah, it's not but something yeah, that Walmart No, carries. I went to all the normals. I went to the, the Walmarts and the Targets and <laughs> the, the... Where else did I go? I went to Walmart. I went to Target. I went to... Um, I went to Five Below. Because I thought maybe like the cheaper stores. Yeah. I went to Rite Aid because sometimes Rite Aid yeah, has will have that weird old, little weird electronic stuff. Yep, yeah, covered in dust. Um, you know. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. Uh. So yeah. No, I went everywhere, and I thought, all right, I'll go to Best Buy. This is for my higher self's good. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna get this no matter what. Right. So. So it was worth it for me. I'm surprised with, you know, with as much as, like, you order stuff online that you didn't get it through, like, Amazon. Get what? Get the cord through Amazon. Oh, yeah, I didn't want to wait. Oh, fair enough. I didn't want it to take any longer. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, that was definitely an option, but. Yeah, no. I didn't want it to take any longer. I wanted to do it. I wanted to move through it and be done with it right and in some ways i've done that and like i said you know and to be announced <clears throat> later probably it's opened up a whole nother can of issues around right. the mother yeah and then stuff I remember you mentioning that too that that, that yeah. was you know part of what had come up for you and you know, I mean, the the integration process, I mean, you, you've just done it. It's just you're sitting with it now. And, Absolutely. And doing that integration Absolutely. part. That's, that's a lot of what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Um, it feels like one chapter closed and the other one opened. If yeah. That makes sense. Yep. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how you been? Um, I got some really cool news. Oh, yeah? I'm very excited about this. Very, very, very excited about this. So... Um, a friend of mine has, uh, she um, fosters animals for like the ASPCA or, you know, some, okay. you know, something like that. So like, like domestic animals, yeah. not like squirrels and stuff. Not okay. like squirrels. Um, I totally want to foster squirrels. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, for me, I, I, and I had a friend that did it, uh, fostered a raven yeah. and I so want to foster a raven because I, I have just this love for, for them. Um. So, your friend. My friend, yeah. So, off on that tangent. Um, she's been fostering animals. And uh, recently, I, I, you know, I thought in the wintertime that I kind of wanted a, another pet. You know, it's been quite a number of years since I've had, um, since I've had, uh, a, I had cats. Yeah. And then I wasn't sure if I wanted a cat or a dog. And then it didn't really matter. And then I just really wasn't sure what I wanted. And uh, I mentioned it to her. And so, she's been gently nudging me and and saying you know here you know i've got this cat that that just came through and the snuggle bunny and this this and blah 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 and uh i just wasn't ready you know i wanted to make sure that i was getting it not because of a need for some sort of companionship but because i really wanted to have yeah a pet and um so i i made that decision and she had uh has a um a female cat that was pregnant and she had five kittens. Wow. And they are so adorable. So uh, quite literally last night when I went to so go. So is it getting a cat? I am. I'm getting two, actually. Ooh, two so for I, the price of one? Right. No, no, no. Two, <laughs> two for the price of each. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, uh, you know, I wanted to check with my landlord, you know, yeah. and make sure that it was okay. So when I went and paid rent uh, yesterday, 
Um, we sat and talked and I had wanted to, and I figured, well, he'd definitely say yes to one, but I wasn't sure about two. And when I mentioned it, he's like, well, you're going to get two of them, right? Cause they usually need a friend. And I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. And my landlord is so cool. So that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, that's awesome. So he breached the subject for you. Right. Kind of. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm getting two kittens. I mean, they're only like awesome. a week and a half old right now, but I went over and saw them and, um, one of them is a tabby and he's, we're pretty sure they're both males. The ones that I want, one's a, a gray tabby. And, uh, he, when I picked him up, he was the only one that didn't like, he meowed for a few seconds, but then he just stopped and kind of like curled up in my hand and fell yeah. asleep and then snuggled in. snuggled in and then tried to actually like climb up onto my shoulder, like my first cat had done you know and that yeah. was kind of cool i was like oh you know so this one's mine and then there's this beautiful white one that uh he's all white but it looks like he may end up having like a, a patch of tan like on his forehead yeah. like on his top of his head yeah so um so you'll have kittens running around soon yeah well three months you know, you know, eight to 12 weeks, depending on when they wean and so on and so forth. So yeah. I won't get them until the fall, basically. Yeah. But I'm so excited. Well, and I'm assuming because she's fostering, you can go visit them. <clears throat> oh, yes. Yes. So I've yeah. visited them once and yeah. I'm going to go over at least once a week and if not more to just kind of spend some time and yeah. and snuggle. <laughs> we we did that once and we went we'd go a couple of times a week, yep. you know, and it was mostly driven by the kids. Of you course. Know? But we, the two youngest cats that we have right now, we've held since they were a day and a half old. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah, it's cool. I the first, I went over, the first time I could get over there was when they were a week old. A week old. Yeah. yeah. So uh, three of them had had uh, their eyes open, and then the two that I actually want had not had their eyes open yet. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and the, I love it. It is. It's. I'm just. I'm very, very excited Bonding to have the birth. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Now I just have to figure out their names because, like, <laughs> that becomes the issue now. You know, like I'm like, what do you want to call them? I mean, you can't call like the. I. I. This is where my mind goes. Okay. Yeah. So like, I'm yeah. thinking like the white cat that has the you know the tan thing. You know, you really don't want to call it shit stain, but you know, I mean, it's like. <laughs> I don't know. I was well. Maybe you should put up pictures and ask for name suggestions on uh, the page. Yeah, that's cool. I could do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so the next time I go over, I'm going over again this week, and I'll get some more pictures. I have a couple of pictures, but um, I'll get some more pictures, and I can I can awesome. do that. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. That'd be awesome. Cool. All right. <laughs> So, I have something that I really think is exciting to talk about today. Um, I have been doing some reading and some research into the new, new old uh, subject of psilocybin, LSD, and other psychedelic research. Oh, yeah. With the therapeutics. Oh, yeah, stuff. that's a very old conversation. It is. And, I mean, it's an old conversation, but it's also a new conversation. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, the book that I've been reading is How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. Yeah. And um, okay. that book is, um, it's more of a history uh, He He'd written a history book, and then he wrote uh, another book. Uh, another book that is like directly deals with these three different types so of a history plants. of psychedelic therapies yeah okay yeah so he starts off not in, just like psilocybin but... no uh lsd i mean he does mention dmt and amda and uh a couple of others ayahuasca and whatnot but um he really focuses the book on uh, LSD and psilocybin because of their similarities. Yeah. As far as that goes. So he starts the narrative in like 1943 when Albert Hoffman uh, first discovered the the LSD molecule. And, um, and then, you know, through d different uh, interviews and whatnot, he just builds this lovely, wonderful story that really delves into the birth of psychedelic research in the 1940s yeah. through the 1960s. Um, what went on, how it became 
uh, a counterculture drug and and how it ended up being uh, completely changed to schedule one where it was illegal to be used right and closed down all of those um all those researches uh and then the difficulties between the research studies and what's going on now you know because we think that i mean it's an old subject but uh, a lot of the research that was done then was done under a different uh regimen than what we have now yeah so like double blind studies were not a thing Right, it was a much more anecdotal. Um, it really was, and then uh, the other thing that 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 didn't happen or <laughs> that we would consider really wrong now is that uh, the therapists and the people who are studying the these drugs would also take them. Oh yeah, uh, because back then it was considered bad practice not to try something that you were giving to your patients. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I know. So like now we kind of cringe at that. But, you know, back then uh, that was a thing. And I don't know, judging from the story that I, I was I've been listening to the book that I've been reading. Um, I don't know that we would have gotten where we were had those things been different, had those criteria been different. Yeah, that makes sense. So what we're doing now um, is uh, there are a multitude of international studies being done and trials being done. And while they are building on the knowledge from, you know, the 40s, 50s and 60s, they are trying, they're, they're incorporating that knowledge, that anecdotal knowledge and, and putting it into these trials and uh, doing the double blind studies it. and testing it. Yeah. Yeah. To really amazing effect. Really amazing effect. I've heard. I've heard um, where where I've heard of this a lot is mm -hmm. uh, ketamine infusions. Yes. I've actually looked into it. There's a guy that does it in this state, but it I think it's like four grand to yeah. do it. You yep. know, you've got to pay. It's a lot of money. Um, and it's all, you know, in a in a therapeutic environment. It's in a doctor's office. You go in. Um, they create a really, really comfy environment for you. They start the infusion. You know, it lasts three to four hours. You feel, um, you know, like you're off on a dream for that time yeah. period for the most part. Um, and if it is a negative experience, they actually have ways to kind of ground you and yep. bring you back to a positive experience. And then they do therapy afterwards for, you know, up months. It can be a psychotherapy. Yep. Uh, just based on that one infusion. Yeah. And then, you know, if it if your symptoms of typically it's for depression come back, you know, you'd go through another cycle of it. That's how they look at it. Yeah. And and a lot of what they're doing now is is very similar to that process. Um, so one of the you things... You mean the, the, like what the testing? Yeah. Is, okay. Yeah. yeah. So the way that they're testing it is, is very, very... Um, they have what's called a therapeutic dose. And you go in and you, again, are very comfy. Because one of the things that came out of the 60s is what they call set and setting. Yeah. Uh, or set and seen. And and they found that it was harder for um, the participants in the studies to have positive effects if they go into this sterile doctor's office with, you know, just white coats and so on and so forth because it gives you a preconceived notion, um, right. which is one of the interesting parts of psychedelics. So as a therapeutic tool and, and a medication, uh, the... Unlike others, the preconceive or the preconception of what you're going into makes a huge difference. Okay. So you know, I might take like I take citrulline for um, for anxiety, right? And it's going to work or it's not going to work, and that's there's not a lot of preconception that comes along with that necessarily. Right. It works within your chemical system. Right. Not exactly. Within your intellectual system. Exactly. Um, but with the psychedelics, they have found that in order to have that positive effect, um, and even on the structural level, on, on, on the physical system, which we'll talk about in a moment, but that it needs to be preconceived. So you spend hours learning about what's going to happen and how you're going to go through this and kind of talking it up and getting into a, a good space yeah. so that you can have a quote-unquote good trip. 
Yeah. You know, and the psychotherapist is right there so that, again, if you something goes wrong and you start to um, have what is often called a bad trip, yeah. uh, you know, they can they can ground you into it or they can talk you through it and they can get you to where you need to go with it. So when you say <clears throat> trip, it reminds me of like when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there was a girl that was a younger sister to a friend of mine. And she had gotten her hands on some acid. Yeah. And she had a bad trip. Right. And it was when, you know, they had first come out with the different color sticky notes. They weren't just yellow anymore. They had all yeah. the different colors. And yeah. it was a black sticky note that, you know, you used to write with like silver and stuff over. Yeah. So it was a black sticky note on the wall. And she was convinced that the entire room was folding into that black sticky note. Like it was a black hole. Holy shit. And it was going to swallow her up. That is, that's, that's my experience with a bad trip. Right. So when you do this on a therapeutic level and you get one of those, they really suggest that you surrender to it. Um, like just let yourself be sucked in by that black hole. Absolutely. Because you'll come out on the other side. So one of the That's scary, I know, I know, right? So <clears throat> the history is amazing. I, I, I'm, I'm like all about the history, but uh, there arose, has arisen two major aspects of of this of, of the psychedelics. The first, um, there are is a group of people um, that really are into it for what are called the spiritual or um, mystical experiences, and that is also part of the therapeutics uh, side of things too. That but, makes sense. But you're not looking for it necessarily. Yeah. So a lot of people um, that have gone through this state that it's. Um, a dissolvement of ego. Um, but it's important for you to have a strong ego, not like the superficial, you know, ego right, that we talk right. about, but yeah. Um, oh, that's the what psychological does, ego. Yeah, the psychological ego. To have a strong ego going into it so that it can be dissolved and you can experience more of what would be considered the essence self, and then it gets restructured, as it were. Yeah. So um, the ketamine, uh, now you talked about the infusions, but um, uh, there's also esketamine, which is uh, the same thing, except for you don't do it as as an infusion. You do it um, like uh, almost as an inhalant, like up the nose type thing. Oh, okay. Um, And I don't don't think it's like doing a line of cocaine or anything like that. It's it's, it's, like in a doctor's office, they have an inhaler that they spritz up your nose. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and <laughs> everything is is pretty much the same as that. That's how they true. give like nasal vaccines. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So uh, and that and as well as the other psychedelics uh, start to work on your prefrontal cortex and you know resetting the brain and yeah. uh, the neurology there. So these psychedelics have been found to lessen and almost demolish, did diminish uh, uh, treatment-resistant depression. Yeah. Uh, anxiety. Um, and they're finding after one, one session, then with the psychotherapy afterwards, that they're finding that um, people are really making breakthroughs for, you know, a, about a month afterwards yeah. before they even find that they need to or even want to think about getting another session of, yeah. of the of the dosage of psychedelics um so depression anxiety um it has been and this is funny it has been suggested that people use it uh who are my age 40s in you know the second part of their life yeah uh because it will almost um reprogram the quote-unquote midlife crisis okay. um and it it, it definitely uh, they're finding that it sets people up in a different space for the second part of their life. Okay. Um, they're finding that it's incredibly useful for uh, cancer patients like um, that are, are chronic, that are, are going to die. Yeah. And uh, in, in dealing with the existential crisis and anxiety that comes from that knowledge that yeah, they're yeah. going to die. Um, so there's, there's a lot, a lot there. Um, and 
then there's the microdosing, which has become incredibly popular nowadays. Um, and I actually have have seen that in real time. And how was that? Like, how did that? I I had a client of mine mm-hmm. um, who I'm gonna change some locations here to to give you the full story, but not give his information. Away. Right. So um, he had been untreatable with bipolar for years. Yep. Um, he had bipolar one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, that's the bad bipolar. <laughs> <laughs> if there's uh, a good one. <laughs> when I first met him, um, part of what I had to do was an evaluation. And that evaluation, you know, incorporates, in, incorporates everything from, you know, family history to personal history to, you know, legal abuse, uh, legal issues, substance abuse. I mean, it just, it's a, it's a very holistic evaluation. So you're talking about everything. Yeah. Um, and usually it takes, you know, a couple hours, maybe, maybe an hour twice, you know, like you do an hour and then you come back and do another hour, depending on the tolerance of the person. Mm -hmm. It took us, uh, over a month to do that one, assessment with him because wow. he could not sit still long enough he could i mean just tortured with constant moving and and just very very manic yeah um, and not not in the way of you know oh i'm excited i'm cleaning he was manic in the sense of you know i'm gonna call the landlord and scream at them for 10 hours because i've been scrubbing my tub for the last three days and i can't get this one stain off so i need a new tub oh wow that kind of manic yeah um so yeah just just not in a good space so you know he he did traditional services uh traditional medication management outpatient therapy the whole nine yards um you know substance abuse therapy he really engaged he was very very interested in getting better yeah um and that was you know when i met him it was the initial step into this um and then you know, probably five or six years later, I go up to his apartment one day and, you know, he's locked himself in the bathroom. Oh, so okay. His, uh, his teenager comes down and lets me in and, you know, I go knock on the door and he lets me in and he's just sitting on the floor he's got some incense going he's you know like it was just the only room he could lock himself into basically um and that's when he told me that you know for the last couple of weeks he had been you know taking a, a very small it's like you know if you have something the size of your pinky yeah he would cut that into maybe like 50 pieces. Yep. Okay. Um, so he'd been doing that. And then once a week, which I had walked in on, he was using a full dose. Yeah. And he would give himself, he would lock himself in the bathroom and give himself, you know, a good space. And he had music and you know, like yeah. a candle going or something. The you know, set and setting. Just, yeah. Yeah. Well, he never did a candle because he didn't want to have fire. Well, fair enough. But, you know, he would, in that way, his son wasn't seeing him because he wasn't in a room because the rest of the place was just open. It was, there really weren't different rooms and stuff. Gotcha. Um, so that's when i found out so i you know of course me i'm like all right well how is this affecting your sobriety like how is this is this really interacting with the other medications like you know i go right into that mindset so we come up with this agreement that we'll give it a month yeah okay so i tell him sure if you can do this for a month and have you know your functioning all stays where it needs to be maybe you know it's not a big deal right it's your life your path you know i i won't judge you for a month about it okay right (laughs) i will withhold judgment (laughs) so um so his symptoms 
dramatically reduced yep. within that month. Dramatically. He was um, he was able to sit down and, and shop for a home. Um, wow. He had had a settlement that he had been dragging out for over 10 years and was able to finish that because he needed to follow through with a few steps. Yeah. So within six months, this guy went from where we were just talking about mm-hmm. to owning his own home, having a car, um, completing the settlement, which is how he got the home and the car. Yeah. Uh, upgrading his home so that it is, you know, um, sustainable. Yeah. Because that's really important to him. Um, and within a year, we were discharging him. Holy shit. And he had stopped his benzos. Mm-hmm. He had stopped his uh, mood stabilizers. Yeah. He was off all of his medication, including methadone. Wow. He was able to go from in the 200s dose-wise to zero within that six-month period. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then, um, so, you know, I'd hear about him every once in a while from people that saw him and, you know, that kind of a thing. And every once in a while, he'd get wood from a place that was near me, and I'd see him and his kid loading up the truck, and I might stop and say hi or whatever. Yeah. um, a couple of well, it was it wasn't a couple of months ago. It was last last August. I got this call from a Texas number, and we have family down there. And I thought, well, maybe I just didn't put their number in there or whatever. I'll just right. just in case it isn't a telemarketer. You know, right. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> so I answer it, and it's him. And he okay. had accidentally dialed my number because uh-huh. he had my number in his phone still. He had accidentally dialed my number instead of somebody else that he was looking for. Yeah. He is living in the Southwest. He is uh, fully off the grid. Wow. He's got a farm. Holy shit. He uh, he said they had just, you know, they had just put in solar all around. Um. Yeah. So he's really, living his life. He's living yep. the life he wanted to live, and the only difference is he microdosed with acid. Yep. That's yep. all he's done and continues to do. Yeah. So I mean, that brings up. I mean, that story is incredible. I mean, that's life changing. <laughs> that is earth shattering. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if <laughs> it was anybody, amazing. If anybody knows anybody with bipolar type one or type two, but type one, you, you know how crazy that is. How how hard it is to deal with for most people. So to have that sort of turnaround is phenomenal and so quick and so quick and that's what they're finding you know they're finding a lot of these things um you know m mdma they they talk about you know it it's like doing a month's worth of therapy or a year's worth of therapy in like one type of session you know um that's what he kept saying was that it felt like it felt like instead of taking something to make his brain work Mm -hmm. well he felt like he was taking something that was healing his brain. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. He would say that regularly. And I, it, it inspired me to try it. Yep. I have not tried it. But you want to. Um, <laughs> I have, I think I have too much fear around that still. Yeah. Um, just because of the level of darkness that I've experienced. Yeah. I have the fear of having my brain go there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so that's the only thing that stopped me though at this point. There is, uh, again, on both sides from, from ancient times, as it were to, you know, to new, there, there's a lot of, of talk about that. You know, it's, it's not something that they suggest you do by yourself specifically, like in a situation like yours. Right. Um, the microdosing is different, but to do like a full on trip, um, what they call a therapeutic dose versus a microdose. Yeah. And a microdose is somewhere between a, a, a 20th and a 10th of what a therapeutic dose is. Yeah. A, a lot of people who talk about it, um, 
is a birth, you know, the, the birth, death, and rebirth experience. Yeah. And once you go through that dark place, you are reborn on the other side, and, and it's like facing all of those issues, those fears, those that crap. Yeah. And once you do it under those circumstances, it really starts to rewire your brain. So that actually uh, leads into Bill W., um, who is the founder of AA, I've heard of this. Yeah. And originally he was trying to incorporate psychedelics. He was. So what ended up happening was he, um, and, and it's the irony of ironies, right? Uh, they, he started AA after a psychedelic trip. Now he was, um, he was using Belladonna, which is not something that I would recommend at all because it can kill you, right? Right. Yeah. Most psychedelics generally can't kill you. Um, that's that's except for MDMA can affect the heart, but the others are all cerebral for the most part. So you're not going to get a racing heart. You may feel like your heart is racing, but your heart rate will stay the same. I thought there was one of them that messed up your brain. Um, there, Several of them can, especially outside of a therapeutic situation. Yeah. Actually, all of them can. No, I um, mean like it, it would cause, maybe that was just a rumor. No, that's MDMA, otherwise known as... Um, ecstasy. Ecstasy, yeah. Yeah, that it would cause like pits in your brain yep. with the tangles and webs yeah and and the and and the the thing about that is uh under a therapeutic dose because i did you know wanted to look into that too because i was surprised that that was one of the ones that they're yeah. testing out so a therapeutic dose is actually much lower than a um than a, like a, a recreational, recreational dose yeah. right okay so there is very little to no uh issues with the brain i mean you wouldn't and again you're not going to do a therapeutic it dose at a therapeutic dose okay right all right so um but he was on belladonna belladonna a little bit will make you sleepy uh more will make you trip and then even more than that will make you trip and then die that's the way that that works so um he then created aa and then when the rest of the psychedelics came around you know lsd and uh psilocybin was being you know um researched specifically for things like yeah. uh alcoholic and um people who were uh, alcoholism alcoholism yeah <laughs> alcoholic yeah. um alcoholism and and other uh the word i'm looking for addiction addictions yeah he was very interested in it and there was a study that was done where they did a sort of a blind study it was you know people on placebo and people that were taking the uh the lsd i think that one was and they found that the people who took the lsd got through it a lot quicker and became you know had similar if not greater uh lasting sobriety okay and it was chalked up to um the controlled experience that they had on lsd was very much like the dts when when you know a lot of alcoholics when they get to that spot where where they're shaking and they can hallucinate and and whatnot a lot of them once they get through that that's how their sobriety usually um if it's not a choice if a person is you know rock bottom that's their rock bottom yeah and with the psychedelics you can mimic that without actually having all of the adverse side effects to that and so you can you can mimic that death as it were okay and so he brought it back to the council you know the the board of directors and they decided that they did not want to do this because it it felt off brand for them yeah yeah. and so that's why psychedelics are not part of recommend the substance right uh part of aa but and and that was quite that 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 whole story was nice i did never known that story yeah that was really cool so i never knew why they didn't incorporate it i knew that they didn't and i knew the i knew about him but i never i never knew why they didn't incorporate it but that makes sense yeah it was just off brand but he continued he continued to work uh, with the scientists and the researchers at that time yeah, um, to continue to develop that idea for quite a while, actually. Yeah, so, nice. Yeah, absolutely.
Well, the thing's um, MAPS, M-A-P-S dot org, yeah. is the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, yeah. which is a hell of a mouthful, so I'm just going to call it MAPS. Okay. Um, they, are, they came about just around, I believe it's a, it was around the, the ending of psychedelic research and, and the outlawing of, you know, the banning of... of the prohibition. S- the prohibition, that's a, yes, yeah. that's a perfect word. Um, prohibition for psychedelics. And they've been advocating continually, but they are now the place to go. So yeah. if you go online, and, and I'll post the link, um, you can find out where the studies are taking place, how to get a hold of studies. Um, the other places, uh, it's called Psychedelic Support, yeah. Psychedelic Dot Support, and I'll put that link too. Um, and they have listings of all the different studies that you can get a hold of. And right now these studies are being done by, you know, in the United States by Yale and John Hopkins and Harvard and, you know, these these very large and respected so someone universities. someone could potentially join a study that is Abs- interested in trying it. Absolutely. And they range from... Uh, you know, that I, I pulled up a list at one point in time and they, they range from um, uh, f- people with resistant, uh, you know, treatment resistant, resistant depression, uh, hang, high anxiety. Um, they're, they're doing for like trying to quit smoking uh, to what they call neurotypical or normal brain people and, and seeing what the effects are on them. Yeah. And uh, I mean, and that comes from, Silicon Valley, which became began microdosing in the fifties and sixties, and they continue to do that, right? Um, you know, because they they state that it helps with their creativity, and in actuality, from from some of the stories I read, which I thought was really cool, um, the computers that we have today, yeah, would not have been would have been far delayed if at all even possible without psychedelics nice because of the way that it helped people see and view things yeah yeah that's awesome so that i mean the 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 history is rather rich and very cool so um what uh, there was something else i was oh yeah so the psychedelic explorer's guide by uh James Findman or Findman, I'm not sure. He's one of those people from the, you know, the early 50s and 60s yeah. that is still very much uh, incorporated into the into the whole scene. Um, that book has been updated recently to include a lot of the stuff that they're doing now. Okay. So that's one to read. Um, Food of the Gods deals specifically with psilocybin, um, and that is... Uh, based on um mexico and their use of it in mexico okay where the psilocybin mushroom was first really discovered and and found okay um and then there's uh this is your mind on plants and that's the michael pollan book that i thought i was reading (laughs) Uh, okay you know which i'm not sad about because you know the the how to change your mind has been absolutely incredible and i've just gotten i'm almost done and i've just gotten into the part of the book where he talks about his own journey because he he wanted to experience this yeah you know and so finding you know uh, a study and a person to get into with and 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 do this so he talks about that and i've just started that piece so i'm excited to hear what he has to say yeah um and and to name drop i've i've met the guy so i have a question that you haven't brought up yet what about like the crash you know when you typically when you do um you know like uh word ecstasy yeah you know there's a crash afterwards people talk about feeling days of just depression and... right well and that's that's what i was talking about with the the you know the the addiction pieces the, the intellectual addiction pieces is that crash now it's more pronounced in mdma because it actually changes physically the brain yeah drastically so is that sort of specific to that um no uh and 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 that goes back to the when people have the psychedelic experience a lot of times everything is so vibrant and wonderful and then when they come back to the real world um everything is dull and gray and so they 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 have that depression piece because they don't carry that euphoria over okay and i never experienced that crash okay um 
for me and 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 that's one of the things that they talked about within the research is in a therapeutic setting with a psychotherapist and whatnot you don't experience that crash oh okay yeah all right um and i can't speak for mdma obviously for ecstasy because i you know yeah no i mean it's the only thing i've ever heard of it with but, right you know it's... nope all psychedelics are yeah. supposedly like that um, okay or have the ability to be like that so wow. anecdotal evidence when i was looking up all said the same thing you know be, be prepared for the crash yeah be prepared for the letdown when you wake up the next morning or you do whatever and and i never experienced that huh you know are there any of these that are legal not at this point there are places that have decriminalized them which is not the same as legalizing right it just means you have to pay a nasty fine versus right. going to prison exactly um so Outside of the therapeutic space uh, and the trials, there is no place that it is technically legal yet in the in the United States. Okay, um, and I'm not sure about the rest of the. Somebody had the told world. me once that it's legal to possess mushrooms, but it's not legal to sell them. Right. Exactly. So you can go online, and yeah. uh, when I, when I was doing my my growing mushrooms thing, and I was like, oh, I'm going to grow mushrooms, and some of the people that I know are like, like, what kind of mushrooms? Mushrooms, mushrooms, <laughs> or mushrooms? I'm like, the edible kind. Well, they're all edible, but you know, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But you can get uh, the mycelium for one of the hundreds of psilocybin uh, mushrooms. Yeah. Um, and it's legal. It's legal to possess that. It is legal to grow them. It is not legal to use them. And that oh, okay. is, yep, absolutely. So you can grow them, but you can't eat them. Right. I I don't understand. I, I don't know how that I works. I thought you just couldn't sell them. That, does, that makes even less sense. That right. You can't eat them. Yep. Like I said, just a really cool, I'm very excited yeah. to see where this goes. I'm, I'm, I'm even more interested in microdosing. Now. Yeah. Yep yeah cool we'll see what happens maybe we, one of us can be an experiment Ooh, or both of us yeah no, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> oh oh so i'm the experiment i get how this is well, you've go. already done it so now i need to right? that's true that's true yes <laughs> i hope you enjoyed the show today remember you can always reach out to us through our facebook page at stumbling through enlightenment follow us on twitter at stumbling t-h-r-o-u Go to our website to check out more episodes and information about us personally. That is stumblingthroughenlightenment.squarespace.com. You can also reach out to us directly at stumblingthroughenlightenment at gmail.com. That's it for today. Have